I can't travel. I'm banned to travel to my home country because I have attended in a couple of demonstrations. I gave some speech in front of the parliament or like have an interview with a couple of like media. Now I'm banned. And they told my father, they threatened my family. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bunny Hugs and Mental Health. I am your host, Todd Rennebaum. Thank you for listening and tuning in. I've got another great episode for you here. This is with my friend Shiva, and she grew up in Iran. She's now a student here in Canada, and she is also a mental health advocate. So she she has some troubles with mental health, uh, with anxiety and depression, and I'd say PTSD probably. Uh, I'm no doctor though. And, um, you know, she's, she's a student, she's living in a foreign country and all these, these, you know, challenges in life. Uh, but not to mention she has family back home in Iran fighting a revolution. And we talk about the, the mental health effects of being away from your family while, while something like that's happening and growing up in, in a regime like that, especially as a woman, uh, it is at times a very emotional and heartbreaking interview um she even she told me a couple things that uh she didn't want on the podcast that were extremely personal i'm telling you it's uh it is heartbreaking um i just cannot believe how privileged i am to live in a place that i do so um so i just want to thank her before we even go into the interview for, for coming on and speaking with me about all this stuff. So uh, thank you, Shiva. And quickly next week, I'm speaking with Chris Shelton. He has his own YouTube channel, uh, Chris Shelton, and he talks about cults, coercive control and recovery. He is actually a former Scientologist. He was even in their uh, Sea Org part of Scientology. The Sea Org guys, they're like... They're pretty hardcore and, and, you know, they sign a billionaire contract and all this stuff. Uh, but he, he escaped. He, he grew up there. He was born and raised in Scientology and in his 40s, he, he left. And now he's helping other people uh, kind of recover after they've left cults. And we talk about the, you know, the mental health effects of that, of what it's like to, to be in a cult and to grow up in a cult and then to leave as an adult and be like, oh, this is what the world actually is. And oh, my God, what do I do now? Uh, he's very fascinating guy. So please check that episode out next week. Uh, now after this interview with Shiva, uh, I kind of have a little opinion piece. I've seen a couple things online lately that I got a little bee in my bonnet. So I, I kind of, I vent a bit at the end of this. So if you, if you want to stick around and listen to the whole thing, that'd be great. Uh, okay. But, uh, you know, without further ado, I, I give you Shiva. my family are back home like parents are there my immediate family my extended family all are we're there like and like every single morning that um like i open my eyes i get up the first thing that i check is that what's happening now what's happened when i was sleeping what's happened when because of the different time zone i was sleeping and my people, I, I was like thinking about it, that I was sleeping and my people were fighting. 
And every single morning, I'm waiting for bad news. I'm waiting to, it's so sad, but I'm waiting for maybe not hear my dad's voice, not hear my brother's voice anymore, and not hear my mom's voice. Like, um, I've lost a couple of member of extended family out there, and they were like just 16 and 20 year old. They were like kids. And, um, you know, we have been um, such like traumatized. We, um, every single person who have been killed left a symbol of themselves. We had 10 year old Kian who, when, when the tyrant regime killed him, her mother tried to keep the body cold with ice. When I open the fridge, I see eyes, I get traumatized. When I like listen to a song that one of the youth out there who has been killed by the Tehran regime was singing, I get traumatized. I'm I've been experience, experiencing a lot of paradoxical moments. You know that like a couple weeks ago, that was like the World Cup for the football game. And when my team, my, my country team lost the game, I was happy. I screamed and I, I, I wanted them to lose the game. And it's not normal. It's, it's, it can be a, like, a, like a very new aspect of psychology that you get happy because of something that you are not supposed to be happy. And every single thing like around me can get me traumatized, can uh, like very spontaneously birth me into the tears. And, and I'm like experiencing different feelings, but and the top of the pyramid for me is rage. Like I'm full of rage and this rage is turning like, you know, I don't have time for grief because I'm full of rage. I don't have time to be happy because I'm full of rage. So these days, the only feeling that I'm experiencing is rage and, and my mind doesn't let me to experience different feelings, just rage. When when somebody from my family is killed, I don't grieve. I just feel angry. When I see when the 23-year-old guy has been executed recently by the Tehran regime, it's normal that I be sad. Like it's upset me, but I don't. Again, I feel anger and and these like rages and angers are being have are being like accumulated together. And I don't know how much capacity do I have. I really don't know. And we are far from the country. And when you are far away from something, all this happening is like double times worse or better than when you are there, when you are within the people. And on the other hand, I have a life here. I have a work here. I have my study here. And to be honest, I can't really manage it. 
I really can't manage it. Of course, all my professors, my managers are really give me like good accommodation in this regard, but we have our own mental health problem as well. For example, I'm like sickly, in an unhealthy way, perfectionist. And when I see that I'm not doing anything, again, it makes me like sad. It makes me like um, full of anger, anger to myself that why aren't you doing anything? Yeah. Mm, I can... I can only imagine, like like you said, you you already have anxiety and depression issues and and ADHD, and so then that comes with a whole other bag of stuff. And then having I can I can't even wrap my head around the the worry and anxiety you have about your family and friends back home. Throw that on top of everything, and like that helpless feeling of. Because you must feel completely helpless. There's nothing you can do about what's happening back home. So you've actually had to spend some time in the hospital recently because of the stress. Yeah. Yes. I've been in Regina General Hospital for three days. And like I'm supposed to not work till December 16. But I really can't. Because before that, again, like... Uh, I left beside, like I put everything beside, even before that I got hospitalized into a hospital. And again, I, I really can't, I really can't get some rest till December 16 because I have a lot on my plate and I haven't done anything lately, anything beneficial lately. And you're just like on papers, but I really can't because I have another problems as well. This is not just like what I'm tackling with at the moment. But when I was in a hospital, I think like it can be scary, but I think it was like one of my best three days in the world. Really? Yes. Because uh, I hated being in the hospital. <laughs> that was my like first experience. Maybe it's like if it will be like the second and third. I hate that, but like, on that time, I just was feeling that maybe this is the only place that I think this is like, I'm alone here without any trigger, without anything here and without cell phone to check the news. But of course I was like, uh, experiencing some uh, stress because I didn't know what's happening out there, but, but I think that was like. I can't explain it through words, but I think that was the only like cube that I was there without having any triggers. And it's a scary, no, but no outside noise, exactly just in your little bubble. Hmm. I really wish the world be like such a place for me. I don't know. Maybe we Iranian people have been strong for a long time and we have been feeling like this burden on our shoulders for a very long time we really need to put down this burden on the ground and rest under the shadow of a tree for a while it's been too much it's been too much 
I emigrated because of what's happening in my country. I, I left all my dreams back home and pack my wishes and my future into two 23 kilogram baggage and come to a country that everything is totally new for me. The smell are new, the scenarios are new, the people are new, the language is new, the tastes are new. And this is itself like this immigration itself is like, like a new birth, but, but a birth with too much unconscious beforehand. And at the same time, as an immigrant, I'm tackling with my personal issues as well, like um, my personal lives, my studies, my work, my homesickness. Beside all this, I put all those aside and I'm just like thinking about my country, thinking about my people thinking about planning um, a demonstration or whatsoever to let the people know around the world what's happening in my home country, to be their voice. And at the same time, to be honest, I feel guilty. I, I know this is not maybe healthy, but I feel guilty because I'm thinking that I'm here in a country with these opportunities to me to be safe, to have a like high life expectancy and living life, doing work, doing study. And people back in my home country are fighting bare hands. They're like, they must, for example, wearing what they don't want to wear. They are not allowed to um, travel without their guardians and their husbands and their father's permissions. And I feel guilty. I feel guilty that I have this privilege here, but not my people in uh, back in Iran. I, I, I know it's easy for me to say, but maybe instead of guilt, you can just try and feel gratitude instead that you are where you are. And... I guess that's it. I don't know. I, I mean, I have no, I'm not giving advice or anything because I have no idea. But anytime I felt guilt, I've had other people try to turn that guilt actually into a gratitude. So it's less negative that way. You know, it doesn't weigh you down as much. You know, I have my own personal therapist. I do therapy every Saturday, but sometimes when I needed some, like someone to, some counselor or whatsoever to talk to, um here like in Canada I couldn't communicate because like um of course you could understand but but you have no idea about what I'm talking about and um and I couldn't communicate and I just like left the session so are are your family members are they protesting and fighting in the streets right now my brother yeah but my father is like like scared of um my life or my brother's life um so um he's just like saying be careful they are 
criminal, they're tyrant, they don't have mercy, any mercy, they kill you. For example, now at the moment, I can't travel to my home country till the Tehran regime, the Tehran government is there. I can't travel. I'm banned to travel to my home country because I have attended in a couple of demonstrations. I gave some speech in front of the parliament or like have an interview with a couple of like media. Now I'm banned. And they told my father, they threatened my family. And um, really, so the government of Iran knew you gave some talks and speeches in Canada and actually contacted your family. Of course they know. You know why? Because the regime has its own people everywhere. Even here in Regina, we have people and all the community knows them. Hmm. That they are working for the regime, not just like spies, maybe mercenaries or what. I don't I, I don't know what we can call them, but they sometimes even like attend in the protest, attend in a demonstration here in Canada, filming people and like send them to the like um the information institute there in Iran to let them, yeah, these are the people that they are attending in a demonstration against the government. They are like enemies or whatsoever. But you know why? It's like, it's it's a psychologically like a cycle that in a level, in a specific level, you don't fear anymore. When your rage like comes in a specific, in a certain level, you don't scare anymore. I was just like thinking to myself that my parents' life aren't worse than any other people down the street life. That I like to travel to my home country is not worse than people who are fighting in the street. So why should I care that if you attend in a protest, you are not allowed back to home country? I, I don't care. I really don't care. Because like my rage, my anger reached to a level of this government. I have like really, really terrible history of this government. Even as a child, when I was five year old, when I was six year old, when I was in high school, when I was like back home and see that like they were raided to our place to like maybe get my father and um you know what todd i've i've experiencing a lot from this government and that's why my my anger my rage comes to a level that i don't scare and uh people who doesn't scare off anything can be dangerous people who have nothing to lose can be dangerous. I don't care. Once I was talking to myself, that's okay. If you want to arrest my father, if you want to kill my father, you just do this as an accelerator to me to be more angry. That's okay. You can't kill a person twice. You can just like kill a person once. So I don't care. And I'm experiencing this level of rage that I don't scare anymore. It can be dangerous even for myself because like I'm doing some dangerous things. So, but I don't care. I really don't care. Do you think everyone back home that are protesting feel the same way? That's why they're protesting. They're just fed up. Yes. They're just like, we're just saying in Persian that they 
put their life on their hand and just go to street fair and fighting. And the government, every single day of these 45 years, have been looking for a neck to execute. They are literally have been looking for necks to execute. I don't know if you heard like the Chaguara speech and the United Nations when there was like Cuba revolution. He just like came and said, death or country, death or life, death or freedom. And I think now we Iranian, most of Iranian are in this phase. I, we don't want a life without freedom. Life without freedom is a death. So this death can be metaphorically, can be can can happen as a real thing. Right. Do you, do you think there's going to be something coming out of these protests? Do you think there will be a, a regime change or? We're just like saying everything. One solution, revolution. And we are already in revolution. This is not a protest anymore. This is a revolution. And I think this time is different from the other times. The scope is different. This revolution is led by women. And when women want something, they don't care. They want that thing. And uh, this is totally different. It's been the first time that a protest has been like, um, takes long for 86 days. And based on United Nations, after 30 days of protest, it turns to a revolution. And we are already in a revolution. And I think, I hope that something is going to happen. But um, even in that case, even if we win the revolution, the regime change, now that would be the time to grieve. That would be the time to grieve for thousands of youth, thousands of kids who have been killed by this tyrant regime. And I think we are going to grieve for the rest of our lives. This regime, like change, affect, exacerbate, our life. Life itself is hard. Life itself is not fair. And this regime exacerbate this life for all the people back in home country. And, you know, I hope, I hope that the regime will be changed, but this is for the next generation, not for us. Because I'm 31 now, and just let's say I'm going to be alive for next 30 years. And this is not enough for all I have been experiencing so far. This is not enough to grieve for the family members that I have lost back 45 years ago till now. And... Um, I'm just happy. I just hope that this regime is going to be changed, but I'm happy for the next generation, not for us. We're not going to experience like calmness and peace anymore. We don't have time to grieve. 
we have been losing like thousands of youth, thousands of childs since 45 years ago. How many family members do you think you've lost for in the last 45 years? Like, uh, actually, in my immediate family, I've lost two uncles, one aunt. They have been executed by the regime 30 years ago, like 40 years ago, yeah. They have been executed by the regime and they were just like 19, 20, and 22 at the beginning of establishing this regime because they were against the regime 45 years ago. They just arrested them and executed them. Does anybody want they, them there? Like, does any citizen support the regime anymore? Yes. Yes, there are still people who are supporting the regime, but they are just those who are like getting some benefit from the regime because the regime is stalling everything, every resources in that country. And they are going to gain a lot of money because of our oil. They're selling our, they're selling our countries. Can you imagine? They are, whenever they were caught in the budget, they sell a part of the country. They rent south of Iran for 25 years to China. Can you imagine that like the prime minister rent Regina to Russia for 25 years because it is caught in the budget. And the people who are with the regime are exactly that much criminal, criminal and they are with the regime. They're, they know, they know that they are doing wrong, but there are like two types of people. They have been brainwashed or they are going to gain some benefits. They are promised to gain some benefits, gain some monies. And now the oppression like forces, the oppression forces are all amongst the poor family in Iran because the regime paid them and said, okay, now go to the street and oppress the people, oppress the protesters because they need money, because they need something to eat. You know, you know about the Maslow pyramid. Mm -hmm. People that are in Iran are digging in the lowest level of the pyramid for the very basic human rights, very basic human rights. They are fighting for it. They are fighting for money. They are fighting for job. They are fighting for clothes. They are fighting for home. They are fighting just... Just like forget about other levels of Maslow pyramids. Right. Just basic needs like stuff. On the top, yeah. On the top, we have the self-actualization. We don't have time. We haven't had time to do something for our personal growth, for our self-actualization. We, we didn't have time because the regime just get us stuck on the lowest level of the pyramid. So we don't have time to uh, like take care of the other level of pyramids. We don't have time to protest because we are tackling with the very basic needs. So we are just like engaging with those stuffs. So we don't have time to see what cr crimes they are doing. But now it's different. We are in 2022. The women mostly are in charge. I'm not gonna to get the credits 
of this revolution just for the women. This is for all the people, but the like the people, the person who just um, light this revolution was the woman and mainly women are in the streets. But this time is different. You can just like engage us in the very lowest level of the pyramid to like just spend time there and don't know what are you doing. Mm -hmm. That's not. That's why it's different. Yeah, that's yeah. It's not sustainable. I mean, any you get people hungry and frustrated enough, they want to climb that hierarchy of needs so bad that, like you said, you lose all fear and their priorities begin to change, and you can only oppress them so long. Um, yeah, it, it is, and it's like 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 really normal when when you're when you're like um, worry is the food is to providing food for your children you don't have time to take care of your mental health mm -hmm. because it's the first need that you should take care of and they know they knew they they were supposed actually they assume sorry they assume that they know that they are doing the right thing but they don't now we are in 2022 and you can't make full of people anymore you can make full of people with religion. You can make full of people with, like, uh, God said that. No, there is no God like this in the world. There is no God like this to set. You should kill. You should execute. You should. If if there is if if, if there is such a God in the world, I don't believe in God. I don't believe there is such a God here. And um, they can't. That's why I hope that this time wasn't the first time that they have been killing youth. They have been killing children, but I'm sure that this is their last time. I sure hope so. I think if you can, oh man, I mean, I'm no, I'm not a smart guy when it comes to world problems, but hopefully the, the like you said, the poor people that are in the military get frustrated enough and that's if they can do that switch and be like yeah you know enough's enough I, I don't want to keep killing and arresting people that are look and were raised just like me it's not worth the the bit of money so it sounds like most everyday people are against the regime it's really just this all oligarchy and these really rich people that want to keep the regime yeah, not necessarily that like all the rich people are against the regime. It can be paradoxical as well, because maybe people said, you have everything. Why are you going to like fight or you are going to protest? This is not necessarily like that. But regime knows it is going to use whom? Like the people who are in need of something. This need even can be that the regime knows that your weakness is your family. Okay, you are going to give up. I kill your parents. They threaten your family. So you just like have to. And this is a natural thing in human beings to defend, to defend. Of course, of course, a human being, when, when there is a parent, when there is like some other people, it can be normal that you use your parents, use your family, sorry, choose your family. It's okay. But sometimes for other people, this level of like rage, turns to fear, turns to rage. It can be as an accessor to let this regime down. But not all the people are the same. 
boy. Well, I hope it. If, oh man. I mean, I've been watching on the news and my heart's breaking, but now talking to you, it's like, oh my God, it's just, it's making me physically ill. It's like, I hope the regime collapses soon before more people are arrested and executed and killed in the streets, like a 10-year-old yeah. boy killed in the streets. I, my heart is breaking for you, Shiva. Because I know, like, we've talked mental health before, before all this happened. We, you know, that's how we met was that we we're mental health advocates and stuff. And so I already know you yeah. have your own personal issues with mental health and then throwing this on top of it. Oh, my God. Uh, but, but I also applaud you for, for, for speaking out and for doing everything you're doing. I, I see you. I see you on other people's posts on, on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. Um, some, some political leaders and stuff I have, you know, posed with you and I see you in the background and stuff. And I just, it, so I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm a little speechless right now. It's I'm all over the place. Plus I forgot to, uh, fill my prescription for my ADHD meds. So I'm off my meds today. So <laughs> I need to take ADHD meds to remember. Yeah, exactly. Like, and these days, because like I can do, do the regular life based on meds. If I take my meds in the morning, I can be a little bit like effective till 4 p.m. And after 4 p.m. again, I back to my cave and sometimes, yeah, I need some meds to remember me, take my ADHD meds, my anxiety, depression meds. And, um, yeah, it's, it's like, it, it seems that I stuck into a sick cycle, sick loop that I can't get out of it. You know, I, I told you before, like I've seen, uh, some people, like around me who says like you should help yourself you should go to the gym you should like um uh, like do something for yourself it's all depends on yourself and i'm gonna use this podcast to say them it it not depends on me it doesn't depend on me imagine a person who has a broken leg can you um, can you tell them that yeah, let's run. It it all depends on your leg. No, no, that leg is broken. I know. They are just like those pseudoscience psychology that you are trying to like sometimes inject to people's minds that and and you add you add to our feeling of feeling guilty. When you are trying to help like this, because we again said box and said, yes, maybe she is right. Maybe he is right. It all depends on me and I can't do anything. I'm helpless. I'm, I'm tired. Why am I like this? Maybe they're right. I can understand this, but maybe other people can understand this and try to blame themselves plus all those blame that they're doing to themselves. So that's okay. Sometimes it's okay to not tell anything for showing sympathy. Just listen, just listen. That's okay. Just be an active listener. 
But believe us, sometimes your feeling doesn't depend on you. This is like, just like, just like remember the leg analogy. Now I feel this bad. Because like I said like, oh, take that guilt and turn it into gratitude. <laughs> yes. I'm no, sorry no, if that offended no. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I mean, like they said that we're doing it to yourself. You know, they blame you. They're like literally blame you, not advice. I, I don't mean by advice. They just like trying to blame you. You know, no, you are like overreacting. It all depends on you. You, you should. You know, they put the burden of this feeling on your shoulders. If they're just giving, like, say this as an advice, that's okay. For example, you can advise me, Shiva, it's better to, like, sometimes go to the gym, sometimes hang out with your friends. It's an advice. But when you say, no, you are overreacting. Why? Why everybody else uh, who are, like, for example, back in Iran or they are Iranian immigrants here. They don't care too much, but you care too much. This is your fault. To be honest, this is your fault. No, this is not my fault because I have my own history. I have my own background and maybe I'm different from the like any other people. And the level of each feeling is different from people to people. Something can make me sad, but makes you happy. This is the difference between the people. And sometimes when the people are, are like, coping with some mental problems this is like a broken leg he can't she can't run with that broken leg at first you should heal that broken leg with meds i don't know but whatsoever with somebody who cares about you with somebody do your job like for example while you are like lying in a bed and after a while yes gradually you feel better but i can't run with a broken leg mm -hmm. yeah it's it's borderline toxic positivity where it's like they uh yeah exactly like it's your like, attitude just so I, I know i i've i've come across that stuff too yeah and and i don't like i that it does help some people that kind of motivation but it's borderline damaging like you said it's damn it can be damaging you can add more damage it's like it sounds like like you have previous ptsd from your government and then to say, you know, it's it's your attitude that's causing the problem. It's like, no, I have a, an actual mental illness because of my government and I'm coming to terms with it now because this stuff is happening. And I'm seeing, you know, this all this stuff is happening back home. Um, yes. Going to yoga and some self-care stuff is not going to help. Not going to help because like, because it can be like a suppressing for your feelings. And if you suppress a real feelings, they will be accumulated and and in a place just like suffocate you, try to shut you up. Yeah. And depression is the voice of the body. I've I've heard that is is the voice of the body has said, shut up and just like rest. Mm -hmm. And I don't want like those all like suppressing like suppressed feelings pseudoscience like toxic positivity are just like all about suppressing it's all about suppressing it's all about denying 
and they're not good. They're not good at all. Maybe, yes, I, I heard your voice. I go to yoga. I do some exercise. But, but it doesn't help because I'm suppressing. I'm trying to hide from my feeling. I, I'm trying to deny my feelings. And, and I think that like we people have our own coping mechanism sometimes. Somebody sleep, somebody like take meds, somebody listen to songs, somebody go for a walk. I used to do drugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I used to drink alcohol at the beginning of this revolution. Almost every single night I was drunk. And I just like in the middle of the way, I just stop it. I said, no, Shiva, this is not the way. This is not the way you are denying. And maybe, maybe this, this is just because of like, maybe of a couple of books or, or my like, um, passion to psychology and whatsoever, my like information about this, but maybe somebody else doesn't know about it and just like, get this going on. And I swear, I'm, I'm just saying like, I was drunk every single night. At the beginning of the revolution, I was drunk every single night. I took too much beer. I was wasted. Oh. And um, yeah. That's not gonna, so at least you became aware enough that you're like, yes. this is not good coping. Yes, exactly. I even tried like going to the gym. I even tried to hang out with my friends, but but they're not helping. They're just like very temporary. Last night, let, let me give you an example. Last night, I was hanging out with my friends. Yes, we laughed a lot. We talked a lot. I'm a loud person and everybody see me as an energetic one. But right after I left my friend's house till like in the destination to home, I was just like crying loud. And if you see these two person, like me in the car driving home and me with my friends, they're, they're completely two different person. And nobody can imagine that right after I left my friend's house, I was crying that loud. And sometimes I even scared of myself. I said, oh, this is not, this is not normal. You were laughing. You were just like laughing. What's happened? What was the trigger that like makes you burst into the tears? Guilt. Was it guilt? Or you don't know? Was guilt. Mm. Was guilt. Mm. I think was guilt. Mm. Of course, we all have our normal life in this between, but I'm sure it was guilt because I think that. You're almost scared to have a nice uh, time now during this. Yeah. He's like, it's not fair that I'm laughing and hanging out with friends right now. And then you get back to your car and let it out. Same feeling. Mm. That was the same feeling. And it happens 100% spontaneously and unconsciously. Mm -hmm. I didn't even aware of the feeling of guilty. I can tell you, I just like, you are allowed to have a nice time. Yes, yes. Yes, but... Um, it's right. in you. It's in you to change, you know. It's your fault. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sorry. That was bad timing. 
<laughs> I know. I know, but like I can't I can't do anything in this regard. I really feel guilty. I can't do anything in this regard. Yeah. You can say till tomorrow that I'm not guilt I'm not guilty of this, but I feel guilty. Even before this revolution, every single time that I see something, I experience something here in Canada, I feel guilty about the people who are back in home country. I said, why? Why? They themselves shouldn't have such a thing, shouldn't have experienced such a things. And just like said, now, which is a, re a revolution. Well, how about this? You you're you can feel guilty because you're going to. You're human. That's just I I mean I if I was in your spot, I can only imagine I'd feel guilty as well. But when you're done feeling guilty, force yourself to to feel some uh gratitude. So so you, so you get a little of both. Yeah. Yeah, of course. We will be healed. But all these will be happening at their own certain times you know when the revolution when when the regime changed then it's the time of put all the feelings on the table and make time for each one of them yeah feeling grief feeling proud of myself feeling uh like anger but you know, at the time, we don't have time to look at the feeling. Every single feeling I look at is rage. I look at grief is rage. I look at happiness is rage. I look at studying is rage. I said, why? Why am I studying? I look at everybody else who are like happy and laughing. Again, I feel rage. Why are you happy? I, I'm in a grief. Mm hmm. Do you feel at the moment? Do you feel resentment seeing other people happy and being like, "You have no idea what's happening back at my home. You yeah. just, you're just living this yeah. privileged life." And yeah, exactly. Like you know what? It's 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 a it's totally normal feeling that you have when you are in a grief. Imagine that you are, for example, in a funeral, and somebody comes to you and. Uh, like show you the party of last night. Let's see. Mm -hmm. This is a party that we have been last night. Of course, I feel anger. And it's 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 really normal because I'm in a grip phase. I'm in an anger phase. And um, yeah, th th this is what it is. And I can't run away from it. I can't escape from it. This is a feeling that I have. Do you feel like you understand a little bit how people from the Ukraine are feeling right now? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, all this time, like um, most of my Ukrainian friends, when they see that a revolution is happening uh, in Iran and we ask them to come and join our protest, they thought that, for example, we are their enemy. But they didn't know that the government is their enemy. The government is who who sold missile like uh, like forces to Ukraine to suppress the people. 
But this revolution provided this like situation to let them know they it was government, not the Iranian people. We are friends. We have the same enemy. Islamic Republic of Iran is the same enemy of ours too. This is Islamic Republic of Iran who sold drones, who sold missiles to Ukraine to kill Ukrainian people. They weren't people. And they come and we make some friends regarding the Ukrainian. We let them know that we are not your enemies. This is the government. This is the tyrant regime that is doing th this to you. This is not Iranian people. They used to hate Iranian people because they thought that we are their enemy. We are the people who killed the Iranian people. But that was the regime. And the regime is totally different from Iran. This is Islamic Republic and we are Iran. Iran is not Islamic Republic. Hmm. They stole the country from us. Mm -hmm. It's like if Russia took over Ukraine for 45 years. Yes. And Russia is like Islamic Republic's best friend because they're selling. And now, even now, Russia is selling some, um, suppressing some guns, shots to Iran to suppress people. See, this is what's happening through governments. And they're not people. Government are totally like away from the people. Even people from Russia are different from the people from the government. We're not talking about the people from Russia. We're talking about the government of Russia. Right. Right. Do you have, and, sorry. Yeah. Was, yeah, they are, that's it. I was going to say, do you have some supports here in Canada? Some other people from Iran that you can get together and kind of grieve and vent and be angry together? Actually, uh, the only like certain times that we can show our anger together is those demonstrations that we have in front of the le legislative building, in front of the parliament or on the Albert Bridge sometimes, or sometimes we have some demonstration within the university. Uh, but but to be honest, we're thinking about sometimes to like get together and, 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 and grief and cry and talk about our concerns, about our own family, about the... Um, things that we are tackling with at the moment about the, about the things about the feelings that we are feeling at the moment you can share the guilt but, like talk about the guilt with each other and yes share the guilt but we didn't have time you know uh sometimes i think that the day should be more than 24 hours for me i can't live life within 24 hours the day for me is not 24 hours because i can't get the things done I really can't get the things done. And and um, the other day I was telling to uh, my program advisor, I was just saying that uh, like, if I could stay here in Canada without study permit, at the moment I left my study. But because this is the only way that I can stay here is based on study permit. so. I have to, but I like my major. I really love my program. I really love my professors, my courses, but at the moment I really can't, can't as the exact words of can't. I open the laptops 
I open a browser and after an hour, and imagine these are like all for all is happening for an ADHD. I see like more than like tens of tabs are looking for Iran's news. Let me give you an example. I had a final exam and this final exam, I had one day to answer those questions. Those questions mainly were about the guests, the speakers that our professors invited them to our classes. I just emailed my professor and said, I really can't answer the final exam because I don't remember what the guest speaker says. Because on those times, I was just by browsing on my cell phone to see if the internet has been on and my fathers and my parents called me because on that time, the internet was shut off in Iran. And I said, my professor, I really couldn't. I really couldn't follow what the guest speakers were saying because I was in some other world. I was checking my phone all the time and I don't remember what they were saying. And as an ADHD, I can't take notes as well. I really can't take notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can't, I just can't answer the final exam. Just wait that mark. I want to lose that mark because I can't, I have, I have no other choice. What are you taking in, in school? I'm master's student in human resource management. Hmm. As someone that would work in HR, you may have to like deal with people with sit in situations like you're in right now. So this is in a way it's also training for you. Empathy. Yeah, that, that's why I'm taking HR. That's why I'm the person of human. I, I, I can't care about human. It can be because of some holes on my mind that I'm trying to make this full of caring. I, I make this like this desire satisfied in myself where caring about people i don't know that's why i i i take human resource because i like this this is kind of like my natural call this is kind of fuel of my life caring about people is a fuel of my life if if there is a day that there is no person that i care about i'm literally looking for it i make a food and like ask somebody to like bring food to them i ask somebody if you need a ride i can be there for you i don't know it can it it, it can be even unhealthy things yeah absolutely because i care too much yeah i, can... I care too much and um i don't know maybe even taking hr is something that can exacerbate my mental health but i don't know it feeds me it feeds me this caring being a caregiver is a natural call for me mm -hmm. i don't know why you'll have to set healthy boundaries though yes yes because like i believe there is no bad or good behavior this is just healthy and unhealthy and we're not going to like uh completely put a behavior aside we're just going to like separate those unhealthy part of that behavior aside and keep that healthy ones because I can never like quit. I can never like get up in the morning and said, okay, today I'm not going to care to anybody anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't do that. <laughs> right, yeah. But I'm just like trying to, yeah, making some borders. 
borders from the healthy part to unhealthy part. Boundary. Border works. Boundary. Actually, yeah. no, the, yeah, I like Yes. Yeah. Oh, boy. I, I wish I could hug you right now because uh, I just want to hug you right now because I'm... Uh. No, you know, we have in our home country, we, we are people like this. In our home country now at the moment, some people, some youth in the street just have an open hug and ask people, yeah, this is a free hug. And can you imagine that the government arrested a couple of these youth because of a free free hug in the street? Wait, you can't hug in the street in Iran? No, no, no. They they said that this is a like a pro protest. This is symbolize like something that you are protesting because like some youth in the street now are giving like candy to people like uh, fist bump and said a candy or some some said that. Yes, I know this is a hard span of time. I can hug you. This is all I can do to you. And they hug people in the street. And the government arrested two youth. They are like 22 year old because of hug and the street. Because you are doing protests. And yes, if you're going to know this, yes. Hug if a women and a man hug each other in the street or kiss each other they are going to be arrested. I don't know if you heard like the song of uh, Shervin. Uh, it's it's very viral these days. It say that it means that why we are fighting, why we are fighting. Mm. And one of those because of is because of kissing without fears. I can like, I can like send you or tell you the translation of those because of to see that what basic human rights we are fighting for. One of those was kissing without fears. We can't kiss each other in the street. We can't. And yes, sometimes this is all we need, a hug. And we began, we have been forbidden for 45 years that like in the street, like hug somebody um yeah i i i just can't even relate and it, listening to you it just i feel so much more privileged than i i i i kind of forget sometimes you know you get wrapped up in your everyday stuff and you feel sorry for yourself or whatever and then you hear this and it's like you know what yeah. you know what this is a pretty i i live in a pretty great place that i'm I can hug and kiss someone in the street and not be scared of being arrested. I'm not worried about family members dying. Something that you don't know, they are privileged. Yeah. You folks here in country, in this country, have a life that you can't like even imagine. And now you do too. Sort of. Yeah. While you're yes. while you're here. Yes. And I hope that I see like my country once like here, like a free country like here. Of course, I know there are also some problems here. Like they're getting some freedom of the people. They are getting the freedom of the people to their body, the abortion law. I know, 
but I don't know what's wrong with the human beings now. What's wrong with the government? What's wrong with the people? I mean, I'm also but, Caucasian know, too, right? So it depends on the race of the person in the country too, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Of course. Of course, I know that you are like tackling with other problems as well. Because like, I, but I don't know what's wrong with the people now. What's wrong with the government? They are getting the freedom of the people? What the hell is that? You are not in a place to get the freedom of the people to let them to to ask them to. This is your religion. You have to be, for example, Christian. You have to be Muslim. There is no other choice. If you are going to change your religion to, for example, in Iran, if we change our religion from Islam to Christian Christianity, we're just going to be hung up, like executed. This is against law. LGB LGBTQs, if the government knows about them, they're going to be executed. This is against law. So, for, so... Kissing and hugging in the street will get you arrested, but if you're LGBTQ, kissing and hugging in the street will get you executed. Directly. Right away, boom. And right away. And they have a very hard life there. That's why most of them are refugees here, are refugees in like some more free countries. I know that like something wrong within these all the countries around the world, even in Canada, I know that. But at least there are some things that the other countries doesn't have them. Yeah, like I'm higher on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm not worried about food and basic need stuff. I can worry about things like mental health and stuff because I'm higher up on the higher on the on the pyramid of needs. So I yeah. So that's a privilege. Yes. That's a privilege. Yes. And now even like fighting for those rights like abortion laws is a kind of self-actualization. You're healthy and you're fighting for those rights. But fighting for food, fighting for clothes, fighting for jobs. I'm letting your audiences, your followers know what's happening in Iran. It can, it, it might make them go and search about my country to be a voice, to share some stories about what's happening to let them ask the representative to use their power to ask the prime minister to stop negotiation with Iran and search, search about the statements that the Iranian release has already released to see that what do we want from people, from MPs, from whoever who has a voice to add a voice and ask the people. So. I just thank you to provide this floor, floor for me too. Thank you so much, Shiva. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate what you're doing, the awareness you're, you're giving, and it's very brave of you. I just can't imagine what what it's like being in your shoes and to, to be threatened all the time. Uh, now, next week, don't forget, I'm talking with Chris Shelton, former Scientologist, and if you'd like to join the community, the, the Bunny Hugs community, then please follow me on Bunny Hugs and Mental Health on Facebook, Bunny Hugs Podcast on Instagram, and Bunny Hugs Podcast on TikTok. You can leave me messages, you can follow, you can like stuff, you can look at memes, and you can look at other stuff, pictures and things, uh, and yeah, ask questions or whatever. So thank you for that. 
And if you enjoy the podcast, and please, please rate and review the podcast. Uh, it is very much appreciated. So please tell friends about the podcast. Um, maybe someone's struggling with something we talked about on one episode and they could really just listen to someone else and be able to relate and get some good info. So uh, please rate, review, and share. Quickly, I just want to talk about something I saw online that's that's kind of bothered me. Um, I, I have an acquaintance that uh, they are part of an MLM or a multi-level marketing thing and it's some kind of some kind of supplement thing and you know it's supplements are fine you know nutrients are good they help your body you know they you know if you feel physically good in theory your mind's good but but you know it's when you start saying stuff like anxiety and adhd or labels that if you felt this way please talk to me salesperson for a supplement drink not a professional uh when you start talking about medication and how you know maybe that's not for everybody to instead buy your multi-level marketing product that's that's when it's like no 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 that's no no it's okay to to have a diagnosis it's all right if you want to label yourself that diagnosis I've struggled for 45 years with my mental health. I just recently was diagnosed with ADHD and I'm ecstatic and I don't care (laughs) that I'm labeled that or that I give myself that label or I just tell people, you know, anxiety, that's fine. So it's, if if you're labeling yourself something, do so guilt-free. If you're on medication and you're seeing professionals, do so guilt-free, but don't, don't say that selling a product is mental health awareness and then poo-poo medication and diagnoses, like calling them labels and seeing professionals. It's, it's, it, that's not cool. Um, I've been advocating for a long time. So to kind of call yourself an advocate because you're selling some product uh, for a multi-level marketing group. No, 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 that's not cool. Uh, anyway, enough about that. Um, before I say something, I, I might regret. Okay. Uh, please remember to make your beds and take your meds. Bye. Bye.